Hey, everybody. Brian Davis here along with Danny and Kirk from the Austin American Statesman. And we're here for another Longhorn Confidential. And guys, we saw a pretty good football game on Saturday. Texas uh, was on the losing end of it, but still Alabama 20, Texas 19. A terrific effort uh, by the Horns, which, look, let's be honest, not many people thought that they were going to be able to, to play as well as they did, but they did. And uh, there's a lot of things that have come out of this game, but real quickly, uh, let's. I want to start with get both your thoughts before we get into uh, quarterback issues. Danny, you go first. What did you think of Saturday? And I, you can't be upset if you're a Texas fan. I mean, obviously, um, you know, Steve was a little chesty in his post game press conference with the uh, nobody believed in us. Y'all didn't believe in us. Uh, that that little speech he gave, which is true. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I don't think anyone in the media was wrong for thinking Alabama, the number one team in the country, was going to beat Texas. Um, I think people probably may have thought that score was going to be a lot more lopsided. And Texas definitely went toe-to-toe -to -toe against one of the best teams in the country, even, even though Alabama slipped a spot or two in the polls. So, I mean, if you're Texas, you know, you, you want to – be a little careful with the whole moral victory um, tour, but you know there's definite things that you can take from that game. Um, there's definite confidence boost you can take from that game, and you know let's face it. I mean, if number three doesn't get hurt, you know we could be talking about a whole different scenario right now because Texas Quinn was carving up that Alabama defense, and you know once he got hurt, Alabama definitely did better. Although you know Texas had scoring opportunities, it just kind of limiting the damage and you know this game could have been completely different but you know as i'm sure texas fans know i mean the 2009 comparisons have been made enough over the past uh couple couple of days i mean could have would have should have doesn't count in football so it is what it is but you take that game you move forward and we'll see what happens with utsa but saturday was definitely a good stepping stone for this texas program Kirk, you've been here as long as the dinosaurs walked the earth. Was that one of the best games you've seen at Royal Memorial? Absolutely. It's probably, I know for sure it's top 10, but right. uh, you got to file this under best loss in school history, right? Uh, considering the expectations. But like Danny said, you look in those standings, it says one loss tie. There's no MV for moral victory. So Texas needs to get off that. Uh, stance very quickly and i think because this is a not just a trap game it's a game against a very good team and i know sarkeesian knows that i mean they won 12 games utsa won 12 games last year and uh, off to a good start one and one uh won in overtime lost in triple overtime could have very well uh, been two and oh so uh but they need to quit scheduling Alabama because they keep losing. They keep getting their quarterbacks beat up. So uh, they need to tell Greg Sankey, hey, we, we want to play Alabama maybe once every 10 years. But, well, yeah. that was the that was what we did when we when we got to interview Greg Sankey in the press box on right. Saturday. I, I, I think one of us mentioned that. So, hey, Alabama is leaving the league, right? I mean, it's because Texas is going to dominate all. Uh, no, <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, incredible environment, incredible game. Uh, hats off to the Longhorns uh, for what they did do. But you're right, Texas is not in the moral victory business, nor should they be uh, this week or, or this few days afterwards. But let's get to let's get to this UTSA game because there are some major questions uh, coming in. Least of all, who's going to play quarterback? 
Um, we know that Quinn Ewers is out with a clavicle sprain, most likely going to be several weeks, depending on, you know, your what reports you believe. It could be four weeks. It could be six weeks. I'm just going to say multiple games at this point. And then Hudson Card has an ankle ish- issue, as we saw on the 20-yard scramble, very gimpy, but he wasn't coming out of that game. So I guess my question to either one of you is, is that are we going to see Hudson on Saturday against the Roadrunners, or is it time – to see if Texas has the right stuff with Austin High product Chuck Wright. Uh, I'm betting Hudson Card shows up. I don't know about you two, but you know he played on that bad ankle, and yeah, it's easier to play you know in the heat of the moment than maybe you know days or a week later. But this is his window of opportunity again. You know he got the starting job to start last year, and it lasted seven quarters before. He uh, gave way to Casey Thompson. So I think he's going to do everything in his power, you know, to be under center or behind center uh, come Saturday night. So uh, that said, uh, you know, Sark made clear Malik Murphy, you know, isn't riding in on a white stay and he's, he's not healthy. You know, he didn't go into it with his you know leg injury that needed surgery after his last senior year. And he, and he wanted no part of explaining that, did he? No, he, he didn't really want to explain anything when <laughs> We asked him, yeah. uh, who was taking first-team snaps? Uh, that's for me. So well, I think we're, we're seeing a little feistier start. I wish he'd lose the we ran out of time thing. I, I would I would dispense with that. But I bet we see Hudson Card. And you know what? It would be smart to use Charles Wright some because, mm-hmm. you know, Agreed. Hudson Card is just one injury away from Charles Wright. This show is yours. Yeah, I'd imagine Hudson starts, I mean, unless his ankle fell off between the Alabama game and now. I don't think you're going to take that young man out of the out of the game. He was pretty uh, um, defiant, not the right word, but after the game, he pretty much said that there was no way he wasn't finishing that Alabama game. Um, you know, but if Hudson can't go, I think that's when things get interesting because, yeah, Charles Wright is technically the next guy up on the depth chart, but, you know, would Texas do something where, you know, Charles is – the guy running the two-minute offense, the guy you want in obvious passing situations, but Roshan's running the Wildcat 20 times a times a game is, you know, it'd be really interesting to see if Hudson can't go and if Quinn goes, you know, to be fair, Steve was pretty defined on that too. According to him, you know, Quinn's day-to-day, even though, uh, you know, there's reports out that he's going to be out four to six weeks or whatever. But if those two guys can't go, I'd be interested to see, hey, does Roshan take over a bigger – you know, share of this, uh, you know, offense, maybe you throw it a little bit, do a lot of wildcat, or would this be completely the Charles Wright or maybe Ben Ballard um, show or how exactly they would scheme scheme that offense? Because I don't believe it would be completely Charles Wright. I, I believe they would have a role for your senior captain, former high school four-star quarterback to, you know, take some of that burden burden off. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that should be mentioned, too, while we're talking about injuries and who might play in the backfield, uh, Bijan Robinson did have a shoulder ish- issue, but he came to media availability on Monday. He said his plan is to practice midweek and p- basically play in the game Saturday. Um, I asked him if, if all he needed was to rub some dirt on it. And he says, yeah, just stop being a wimp. Right. And so, you know, I, I think Bijan is a super tough dude, as we know. Um, especially coming off his elbow last year. He wants to maximize every chance he gets. So I expect that we'll see Bijan on Saturday. Do either one of you think that's wrong? 
No, I, I mean, he hadn't had a 100 yard rushing game yet. Shocking. Right. Uh, of course, that Alabama front is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty tough. So, but no, I think in his uh, whole answers to ours yesterday, I think he thinks he's definitely planning on play. And I, let me say this on Quinn Ewers. I'm more encouraged by the whole day to day, and maybe it's just coach speak, but the fact that, you know, in the past, he said, well, he's, he did this, he hurt this surgery. They said no surgery, nothing broken, nothing structural. But I think the fact that he used the terms day to day for Quinn Ewers and all of them, and it's his left shoulder, it's not his right shoulder on his throwing side, you know, leads me to believe it could end up being a pain tolerance thing. And I kind of get the impression maybe we'll see him before you know, four weeks. Maybe we'll see him by Oklahoma game. Yeah. If, uh, if, if Bijan showed up to press on Tuesday, he's or on Monday, whatever, whatever day we do press availabilities, he, he's playing. I mean, he showed up, he showed up post game, kind of shrugged off the questions about his shoulder. He was pretty, you know, he was in a good mood and joking. Um, you know, not that anyone would ever suggest that he's a wimp, but you know, that he was, you know, joking about that, Brian. I think you're the one who suggested uh, he should rub some of his mustard on it. He thought that was a good marketing opportunity. So I, I think if he's out here joking with us and they let him come to availability, unless something goes completely wrong between here and Saturday, he's playing. Now they may not run him mm-hmm. twenty times, but you know, I would imagine he's going to be out there. Well, to <laughs> to be fair, uh, Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods is the one who said, "Hey, once you rub some mustard on it." But I like the fact that Bijan, the marketer, said, "Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> never miss an opportunity, man. Medicinal never miss purpose. a marketing chance ever. Right. Many ever, years ever, ever, mustard, right? I know. Exactly. But uh, but but to build on Danny's point, absolutely." Texas does not make players available to reporters that are going to be out or injured or or anything like that. The fact that Bijan was allowed to come talk to us was a was a big big sign. Um, let's talk about UTSA a little bit. We all all three of us know Jeff Trailer, uh, the Fighting Trailers that are going to be coming out of San Antonio. Jeff Trailer was an assistant at Texas uh, under Charlie Strong, uh, a a Gilmer coaching legend, an East Texas high school coaching legend. He knows every coach. And every place to get a chicken fried steak in this state, there's no doubt about it. Um, and to to deny what he has done at UTSA uh, would be just wrong. I mean, he's done an incredible job, an incredible job, I think, with UTSA, getting them ready to where, you know, Danny, I'll start with you on this one. These guys are coming in here as 13 and a half point dogs, just under two touchdowns. Now, granted, I, I, I bet the – Texas injury quarterback situation has a lot to do with that. But the fact that odds makers think they're going to come in here and hang tough is a, is a big sign for UTSA, I think. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, I, I think it's that line um, makes me wonder a little bit, you know, last week, Texas got to play that role, the underdog, nobody believes in us, yada, yada, yada. Now they're the hunted, you know, UTSA gets to play that, play that role. I think Jeff, um, I wasn't on his conference call, but I saw some, uh, you know, quote he said. Someone told him the line. He was like, "Oh, it's, uh, that that little." Um, so I think they get to come in and play that play that role. I mean, they know what it is. I mean, Texas is definitely um, you know the big brother in this situation. So I'm sure they're you know gunning. There's some local kids on that team, some Central Texas kids, and they're going to have family in the stands, and they're going to want to you know 
have a, probably the biggest chance that they're going to have to, you know, show that this UTSA program and, you know, help put it on the map. Um, it, you know, they obviously did a lot of that last year, but this would be a huge statement. They came into Texas, came into Royal Memorial and came out with a win. So, I mean, obviously they're going to come out fired up. I don't think anyone in that Texas locker room, at least if the players we talked to yesterday are a fair sample size are going to be overlooking um, this UTSA program. Um, I think Bijan may have said yesterday, or one of the players said that, you know, we're used to being everyone's Super Bowl, but we need to treat UTSA like they're um, a Super Bowl game. And a couple, um, Keandre Coburn, you know, duly noted that this was the best team in Texas last year based off of what they accomplished in record and stuff. So I think, you know, UTSA may be a, you know, two score dog in this game, but I don't think anyone in that Texas locker room is going to treat it like that. And, you know, I think it'd be foolish um, if uh, any, any fan is expected to blow out a blow it may happen, but I think uh, this is a, this is a fair, fair game. And if Texas doesn't bring their a game, um, you know, we could be talking a whole a whole other story next week when we, when we reconvene. Don't you think he's going to be distracted by negotiations with Nebraska to become their next head coach? <laughs> wow. I, I tell you, he's the hot name. He's the hot name now. Whether he'd be hot enough to, to get a job like that, I don't know. He has, I don't even he has know a better Nebraska. job right now than Nebraska. You know, I was about to say the Ooh. same thing. I'm not sure Nebraska's a good job anymore. It, it's like the most irrelevant program in the country almost. So, uh, but yeah, you got to love Jeff Trader. I was on that conference call yesterday and he said, well, I'm not sure the best team won Saturday up at Royal Memorial Stadium and Kevin Banks is going to be a first round draft pick and they got so many four stars and five stars, you know, we'll be lucky to compete. So he was feeding it into the rat poison. So, uh, yep. Uh, but yeah, what would this do for his career in UTSA? Oh my God. You know, it's a program that started – what was it, 2012? You know, you know, Texas has been playing a G in years, and uh, I'm not saying they're on even terms, but, hey, UTSA won 12 last year. Texas won five. So well, I think, I think UTSA is going to give them all they want. All I know is, is that a flagship school, or at least a school that purports to be a flagship school of the, of the great state of Texas, would never let – a low-level team like a Conference USA team or a Sunbelt team come into your house and issue administer a beatdown. That would never happen to a university of the first class or any school in this state that claims to be a flagship institution, would it? No, and they never lose to Kansas either, right? Well, okay. No, I'm, I'm, set, I'm setting you up for an A&M joke there, Kirk. I'm setting yeah, you up for an Aggie joke. I saw where you're going. This is long. <laughs> yes, Texas. Texas has lost to Kansas. There's no question about that. So Texas fans, we probably need to keep it inside. Uh, for but right say they were the best team in the state of Texas. I guess I don't know. Maybe Baylor could argue that. You know, Baylor won the conference in the Sugar Bowl, but Baylor and UTSA were the best two teams in the state of uh, Texas last year. So Frank Harris is legit. He's a he's the real deal. Dual threat quarterback. Been Conference USA Player of the Week twice now. He's thrown over 300 yards. Uh, every game, I think it was 359 against Army. He's got six passing touchdowns, which I think ranks him 10th in the nation. They got three great receivers. They got a good running back to replace Sincere McCormick. Uh, I think they got some issues in the offensive line, but boy, will that UTSA team be motivated. Jeff, absolutely. Absolutely. That. I, I, I did want us to touch on uh, 
I don't want to go into everything about the Alabama game because it's 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 the past now. But the one thing that I did want to talk about is uh, the Texas defense. Uh, Kirky wrote about this on Monday. Uh, Danny's addressed this a couple times. But can we just can we just stop for a second and just say what an impressive uh, step up in, in weight class that they had and they performed. Uh, Jalen Ford was all over the place. Uh, Anthony Cook was all over the place. It felt like great closing speed, great swarm tackling. Uh, how much did Gary Patterson influence this? You know, we, we, we're not sure yet, but you know he had something to do with it. Um, and, and I just thought that that is the standard that they're going to have to be playing with going forward. That, to me, is is what I would hope that if I'm a Texas fan, I want to see that level of intensity again on Saturday. Yeah, week in, week out, absolutely. Weren't you all a little surprised he didn't give uh, Kwiatkowski more love on uh, on Monday? I, I he didn't. I don't think he mentioned his name. He just talked about the defensive staff and stuff. Well, I don't think, he, but he didn't. But he hasn't mentioned any assistant coach. Well, I mean that defense. They were a hundredth, a hundredth in the nation last year. Now they're fiftieth, and they held Alabama to twenty points. I mean. You know, I, I can't believe he didn't mention call out Kwiatkowski a little bit because you know you asked him about Gary Patterson Saturday, and he—I yep. don't know if he bristled, but he didn't want to. He wanted no part of that. He, he, he did, did not, not want to be giving Gary Patterson credit. But yeah, I mean, the defense—they got so much more talent now. They can rotate their defensive line. Jalen Ford, who you mentioned, is—he's a beast. Demo is really playing at the top of his game, and and the secondary is so much better. I mean, mm-hmm. if Cook and and uh, you know Yobo and uh, Jameer Johnson come in and replaces uh, Deshaun Jameson. I mean, they've got a lot more talent in that secondary than they've had for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't really would not read too much in him not shouting out PK. I mean, I think part of that's we need to do a better job of asking about PK because he wasn't asked about any questions about that's any true specific coordinators or coaches. I mean. Last week, when in the lead up to the game, he gave a pretty good answer when asked about Jeff Banks. He, on the Thursday press conference, he was asked about um, Gary and gave an answer about that. I think he has a little bit of a tightrope to walk with with Gary um, and what questions he answers about him. Because if he goes and waxes poetically about Gary and the impact he's having, he has to go back in that you know, coach's room and you know see Pete. So he, you know, he his answers to that don't necessarily surprise me. And once again, I think, you know, if we want answers about PK, we need to ask the questions. Um, but yeah, this was a good defensive performance and we'll see how that goes because once again, if Frank Harris goes out there this weekend and carves them up for 300 yards and, you know, four passing touchdowns, you know, this defense gonna, will be terrible. Yeah. We're going to be, you know, PK <laughs> is going to be back on the chopping block and we're going to wonder why, you know, Gary <laughs> Patterson, you know, speaking, speaking of him, you know, isn't running this defense. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, Fame is fleeting and, you know, we have a very short attention span. And so it's a, what have you done for me lately? And Alabama was great. Lots of confidence, but now you got to do it against um, um, UTS, a good UTSA quarterback. Now you're going to have to do it against the resurgent tech team next week and so on and so forth. So we'll see if this defense that we saw, if that's a new Texas defense or if, you know, there's a slip up, but, you know, obviously they impressed a lot of people and um, showed that, when everything is clicking and everything is going right, this uh, this defense um, can play with the best teams. And that's something we needed to know because after that ULM game, they looked good, but it was ULM. But they put together two really good performances back to back. To back. 
and uh, Danny, if you could touch on this too, because you wrote specifically about Bert Auburn. Um, are we ready to say that Texas has found their kicker after after his performance? Uh, the kick at the end of the first half was partially blocked by Will Anderson, so that's a little bit of a blocking issue. Had to snap and hold issue, but that kick was blocked. Uh, but then Bert, but then Bert Auburn uh, was money at the end and gave Texas the go ahead points there before Alabama. Do you think Bert Auburn is the guy? For now, sure. I mean, it's it's one you know kicking is yeah. kicking is also one of those things where it's what have you done for, for me lately? lately? And that's the good thing about this Texas roster is they have a a kid on scholarship who is backing up Bert Auburn. So you know Bert's going to have competition and he's going to have to go out there and prove it. Um, you know week to week, but obviously. He's five for seven this season. His two misses, you could blame more on the holder than you can blame on him, especially against ULM. Yeah. And then, you know, even though that was blocked, but it wasn't the best snap, wasn't the best hold. And obviously, that was a hold Anderson is a complete freak and got in there and made a made a spectacular play. Although I still think he has not been credited for that block yet, which is weird on the official stat sheet. But yeah, Bert going out there hitting a 49-yard field goal. Um, Kirk would know better than me, but that has to be up there with one of the greatest kicks ever in that stadium. Obviously, Justin Tucker, Cameron Dicker, um, you know, Dusty Mang- Mangum, but those were all away from Austin. So um, that was one of the best kicks ever in that stadium. Huge stakes, and unfortunately, it didn't hold up um, as the game winner. But, you know, Texas fans had to be confident. That was a big question mark going into the season and after fall camp. And, um, you know, he's looked really well. But once again, you know, it's a long season. If he goes out and misses two next week, you know, people are going to be calling for Will Stone's calling Will Stone's name, so he's going to have to keep it up. But obviously, great start to his his career and his run as a Texas kicker. And uh, Texas fans at least have to feel confident first time he goes out there on Saturday that he's going to make it, regardless of where, regardless of the distance. Yeah, I mean that was like one yard short of the fifty yarder. Phil Dawson kicked into the win against Virginia, opposite end zones. But uh, yeah, that that's, that's just a tremendous kick under. Great pressure. So I was one of those really worried about special teams this year because, you know, all all three jobs were open, you know. But uh, uh, Daniel Trejo is, you know, I, w- I didn't like Isaac Pearson. He had some ugly punts in August. And Daniel Trejo, uh, 61-yarder, and then he had another, like, 49-yarder right after that was, was really instrumental on Saturday. But Bert Auburn's more than lived up to any billing and any expectations he has. And you're right, Danny, they should take away that one block because uh, even Fox showed it. Will Anderson getting a hand on, on yeah. the block field goal. So uh, I think for now they've answered that question. So they've answered a lot of questions now. They just got to keep people healthy. That would help. Well, Texas certainly has answered a lot of questions about itself, uh, you know, with this, as well it did against Alabama. But now more crazy questions remain about the health of the quarterbacks going forward. I still think we're going to see Quinn Ewers probably let's check back in around Oklahoma. Let's see uh, where number three is at that point, but I'm with you guys. I think we'll see Hudson card on Saturday with a little bit of Charles Wright and some wildcat from, from Roshan and, and maybe even Bijan. And a whole well. lot of mustard, a whole lot of mustard, and a whole lot of mustard. Exactly. Available at central market. I'm told um, <laughs> real quickly. Uh, does, te- does Texas have any worries this weekend? Yeah, they always have worries, especially when you have quarterback health and a really good team coming in. I think they've got enough that I don't know about covering the spread or not, but uh, I think Texas really kind of needs to win by 10 points or 17 points and, you know, not, uh, you know, cut it so close because 
You're playing a Conference USA team. It's not uh, a Big 12 team, which starts next week in Lubbock. Or a Sunbelt so, uh, team, thank the Lord. Well, yeah, you don't want those on the schedule. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the Aggies once more. But uh, I, I expect Texas to take care of business uh, this year because, you know, the alternative is like, oh, my God, you got up one week for Alabama and, and that was it. You got to play play 12 games. So, yeah. I, I don't and, think tech, I don't think Texas needs to win by – double digits or 17. They just need to win. I mean, we just came off a week in college football where the Sun Belt is knocking off every major program in the country. We were just at a game where a team that was supposed to lose by 20 points had a lead with 90 seconds left of the number one team in the, in the country. I mean, winning to borrow a phrase from our uh, good friend and I guess colleague now in the journalism um business so winning's hard and you know, texas just needs to not lose like i if they win by a touchdown if they win by 31 it's going to matter the exact same on monday when their record gets flashed up against the texas tech record so i'm not you know if it's a if it's a thrilling game if it's a blowout and we're all riding by halftime i don't think it really matters one way or the other um text this is a good utsa team this is not a ulm team that's picked to finish last in their in their conference, um, Texas just needs to win and not worry about style points or point spreads or margins. They just need to not get an L. That's all that matters on Saturday, in my And they're opinion. a ranked team now, ranked team. That's right, ranked number 21, number 21 in the country. That's where I've been all along, is that as long as you are 3-0 and or 2-1 and going to Tech, you're fine. You're totally fine, right? Uh, that That's – that's where they are. And that's where we are going to leave it for right now, uh, this episode of Longhorn Confidential. Uh, for Kirk and Danny and Cedric, who is in abstention today, we appreciate you reading all the weekend. Great great, uh, great numbers from everybody reading our coverage this past weekend of the Alabama game. We really do appreciate that. Remember to stay with the Statesman all season long uh, for all the great coverage and content. But for now, I'm going to wrap it up, and we'll uh, talk to you next time.